Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Acts 12, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. We're going to get there in a moment. This piece of scripture is so powerful. There's so much to unpack. And my prayer simply was this this morning, and I believe it for us in this room this morning, and if you believe with what I'm about to say, amen after I'm about to say, that God would stretch our belief far beyond anything we've believed so far. Amen? That this passage of scripture shows us truly the kingdom of God and how it operates, but it also shows us the condition of us as human beings. No matter how long you've been serving Jesus, we are still human, right? Some of you, one of you are like, I'm, I don't know, maybe, like, am I human? <laughs> don't tell me if you are thinking that right now. Um, bad joke, a lot funnier in my head. Must be the NyQuil, DayQuil, whatever I'm taking right now. A lot of things I'm taking. And so, you know, I, I was stretched in my own faith this week as I was preparing this. And I pray that our faith is stretched as we receive this this morning. I entitled this message, A Move, Two Different Reactions. A Move, Two Different Reactions. Acts 12, 1 through 18, it reads this. It's going to be up on the screen. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, one of the disciples, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met, was met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Pause. That is a lot of men to watch one man. You with me? That is a lot of soldiers to protect and guard one guy's jail cell. How many of you know, whatever the enemy may throw at us, whatever Satan would want to try to throw at you, the, the God you serve is greater than anything that the enemy may throw at you. I need some faith to rise. I need you to help me preach this message this morning. Like, like, no matter what the enemy may be surrounding you with, God is greater than what, he th what the devil thinks he's surrounding you with. You with me this morning? Some of you are only looking at what you're surrounded by. Instead of looking with who you're walking with, who you're standing with, who's inside of you, and it's the God of creation, it's the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, is living inside of you this morning. So no matter what Satan would want to surround you with, four guards, ten guards, twelve guards, whatever trial and temptation may be surrounding you, our God is greater. Come on. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial over the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church, catch this, was earnestly praying to God for him. Don't miss that line. The church, we, us, the church, them, they were earnestly praying for God, to God for him. The night before Herod was, was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, 
Get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. How many of you know that should be our response when something like that happens, right? He was like, no, I don't think this is a good idea for me to put my, if I saw that, I'm like, yo, tell me what else you want me to, you want me to do something else? Like, whatever you want. He just told him to put us, anyways, this is how I read scripture. It's awesome. You should too. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. I love that. (laughs) Anybody else ever read that? Like, they're standing before an iron gate and it just opens. This is wild. This is crazy. But this is God. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt. Everyone say without a doubt. Without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angels and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary and the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. He went to the house, people believed, to the house where the people earlier in this, what I just read, were praying earnestly. He went to that same house where those people were praying. You with me? Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. I love this. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. She didn't even open it for him. She was so excited. She just runs back to everybody and says, Pete's here. Yo, the guy went, Pete's here. Like, he's here. And this is their response. This is crazy. This just shows us who we are. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. You ever, anybody ever tell you that? I can't tell you how many people told me that. <laughs> you out your mind. They told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. That moment left a mark, and those people were talking about it. Heavenly Father, this is your word. So I pray right now, God, through your spirit. Father, anything that I say may be from you and you alone. God, I pray that you'll change our hearts. God, that you'll open up our eyes to see more of you. That we'll have deeper faith in this place. God, I pray that for the one person in this place that may not believe this, that may not have put their trust and hope and life in your hands, Jesus, I pray today you speak to them. You love on them. You show them how much you care for them. But God, I pray for a deep level of faith in our hearts, for belief to rise up. God, for you to just move like only you can move in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. A move, two different reactions, a powerful story, a really crazy story. Have you ever watched two people who are in the same scenario in the same moment watching the same thing happen and they have two very different reactions? No? This is the story of my marriage. True story. Rachel is, and I asked her if I could share this because it's true, and I are different in, one, in many different ways, but one way is that's very, is this all right? I hold this towel. It's my, it's my sweat slash nose towel. Information, welcome to church. 
If we hear something, if we see something, if we watch something, if we're engaged in something, I am so hyped about it. (laughs) Would you know that to be true? Like, I'm all in. Like, if someone tells us this is going to happen, if someone shares, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Tell us more. Like, what else do you have to share? Like, what else is going to happen? Like, you don't really have to sell me. (laughs) I'm a salesman's dream. I walk in, I'm like, whatever you want. Here's the, you know, I'm in. I'm in. You got me. Just by smiling, I'm in. And Rachel, on the other hand, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful, babe. I'm grateful. She is probably one of the biggest skeptics. She asks all the questions. I'm like, babe, stop asking those questions. This is good. We got a deal. Let's get out of here. And she's like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? She wants to know what's really happening. She, she may, now it's not that she doesn't believe in like this story and what's happening here, but it's like she wants to know all of the answers to everything that's going on, right? Anybody else in that boat with Rachel so she's not alone here this morning? We are either in two different groups of people. I believe this. We are people that actually like just believe what we are told. We trust what is said to us, especially if it comes from a good source, especially if it comes from a source that we know cares for us, loves us, wants to see the best. We just believe it. And then there are people on this side that are like, I'm gonna ask you 5,000 questions. And if you don't have have all the answers to 5,000 questions, I don't know if I'm in. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in this boat. And I, I see this story. And what I'm saying really in all reality is I'm like Rhoda. And Rachel's like the rest of the people. <laughs> Some people whew, right over their heads, babe, but I'm just a man of faith. Oh, boy. Actually, you're the most faithful woman I know, so thank you. But no matter where you're at, no matter who you are, there's always going to be different reactions to different things. You're going to be people that react one way to one thing. You're going to be people that react to another thing another way, right? There are many different reactions, and I read this story, and I see what's happening. This, this moment is so powerful. It's so like, whoa, right? You read that story, and you're like, is that, is that really true? Could that really be the case? Could that really have happened? He was chained up. He was locked up. And now the doors are flung wide open. Like, like, like what group are you in today? Like, what person or who, who are you putting yourself in the story as? Are you putting yourself in the story as Rhoda? Are you putting yourself in the story as those people that were still in the house? And they're like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe. I got I to gotta see more. I got to ask more questions. I got to get all my answers to everything. See, this this moment is profound because James, the brother of John, is just killed. He's a disciple. He's the first one martyred. Hello, we got it easy. Church, wake up. Some of you are sleeping in this moment. We have it easy. Come on. We just got a great worship time. We got to dance. We got to shout. We got to move about freely. None of y'all, you didn't, you didn't, no one was forcing you to come in. You walked in here. You got a good cup of coffee, maybe. You got some water. You got a good comfy seat in these plastic chairs because we care about you and how long you're going to sit there, right? We have it easy. And there are people all across the globe that do not have it easy. Come on. Don't take this for granted. Let me say that again. Do not take this ever for granted, ever. And so in this moment, they are experiencing the, 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 the disciples being killed for this thing. And not only now is that happening, now Peter is out proclaiming the good news and Peter gets locked up for doing what? Nothing bad, nothing wrong, good things. 
right? Sharing the good news. You with me? Good news of Jesus Christ. He gets locked up. He's there and among the people. Now what happens? Fear? Panic? Uncertainty? Chaos? You with me? Like, if you knew your friend got locked up, what begins to happen? I, I, got, I got a couple of people that I know that have, have been locked up. And immediately I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How do I help? What do I need to do? Where do I got to go? Who do I need to speak to? Anybody? You know? Like, like you start to just like be like, what do we do? And so they have fear. They have panic. And they do what they only know to do. They know what, what's going to work. And they begin to pray. Come on. How many of you know God's house should be called a house of prayer? This house is, there's many, let me, there are a lot of houses out there today that have a lot of different titles than that. And this house, Oasis Church Chicago, from the beginning has been called a house of prayer. We're going to continue that. And everybody says, if you call this place home, amen. The church begins to pray. They gather around in a room and they begin to pray. And it doesn't say that they just pray like the prayer of like, oh God, be with our boy Pete. God, if you just, you know, just, just reach him. Hey guys, did you check out the game that's happening this weekend? It's going to be a good game tomorrow. Hey, did you see the score of this game? Hey, hey, did you try this restaurant? Yo, this restaurant over there, that's a good restaurant with some good food. Hey, 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 have you seen this new pop-up in the city? Because this pop-up's fun. No, what they did was they sat there and they earnestly prayed. They didn't stop praying. They didn't give up praying. They didn't stop when it got hard. They didn't stop when it felt uncomfortable. They kept praying because guess what? They didn't have everything we had. They couldn't have the resources that we had. And I, I, I know there's a, there's a level to what we get to have today. It's, it's awesome and it's cool. But, but, but like, let me just say this. Are we reacting to situations in our lives with just like, God, if it's your will, let it happen. And I'm right back to where I was 10 minutes prior. Are you willing to get on your knees in the nighttime when it's dark and it doesn't seem like there's going to be an answer? And you're going to pray earnestly to God. And you're going to trust that he's going to be faithful you're going to trust that he's going to see the situation through. This is what happened here. You with me, church? They didn't stop praying. They didn't give up hope. And so they're praying and they're interceding. I, I would have loved to be a part of that prayer meeting. Come on. Anybody else? Four of us. We're going to have a prayer meeting right after this over there. Like, I would have loved to be in that moment. And, and just seeing the level of faith that was rising up. Yo, you know faith's contagious? Yo, faith is contagious. Yo, when you are faith-filled and you get around people, like for me, when I get around someone that's wild and crazy in their faith, not like weird about it, but like really strong and like mighty, I'm like, I want to hang with you. Can I get your number? Like I want to come meet with you. I want to talk with you because faith is contagious, y'all. There's two different reactions to believers, believers that don't believe and believers that believe. And when you believe, people want to follow you. People want to know what you're up to. People want to see where you're going. They want to be a part of it. Church, wake up. We got to be people of faith. So they're praying and faith is rising. And man, my boy Pete's in that room. <laughs> Locked up. Chained up. Guards all around him. I, I think, let's give Pete, uh, Peter a moment like, of, of just being a human. I wonder if he was there probably like, oh man, this is it. This isn't my first time getting locked up. Like, this is my second time. And now I'm here again. Like, maybe Jesus, you'll come through for me again, but maybe not. But like, either way, like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be a moment here. Like, I'm going to see what happens. And Right? Like, this is how I read scripture. Like, Peter's probably like, what is going to happen? And he's there. And bam! God opens up the doors. How many of you know, when all the doors seem shut, heaven is never closed? Yo, I don't know if you caught that this morning, because that just came. When all the other doors seem shut, heaven's door is never closed. 
Come on, if you believe that this morning, I just need you to give God five seconds of praise in this place. Come on. If you believe that heaven's doors are never shut, that the kingdom of God is always open, come on, just give us a praise in this place this morning. So Peter's sitting there and the doors, uh, the chains break off. The shackles on his feet fall off. I love that old song, wasn't it? My shackles on my feet so I can dance. Who sang that song? Come on, that's Mary, Mary. Woo! I won't sing it to just spare you all bleeding of the ears, but the chains fall off and Peter's hands become loose. And I imagine him sitting there like, you know, like the guards are right around him. Like, what do I do? (laughs) Do I move? (laughs) Do I stay? Like, should I walk forward? And the angel taps him and says, come on. What a scene! Like, like, should I move? Because if I move, this dude's got a sword. <laughs> this guy's got a spear. Like, if I move, they're going to kill me. And the angel's like, walk. Yo, this is God. God's going to call you to walk in some situations, in some moments that seem scary, that seem really hard, that you don't understand how to walk, but he's going to tell you to walk. And when he tells you to walk, let me tell you something, especially young believers, walk. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the uncertainty of it is, Walk. Because I'm telling you, there is promises for you. There is a city gate that's wide open for you. There are doors that are going to open up for you. Just walk when he's calling you to walk. Come on, church. When he says walk, just go. Is it hard? Yes. Have there been many times that the Lord's tapped me once, twice, ten times? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't hear that touch this time. I didn't, I didn't get that tap. And he's like, oh, really? I'm like, no, nah, that, that was my wife. Like, he's like, again? I'm like, no. Nah. I like my comfort. I like being still, but the Lord's needing to tap us this morning on the shoulder, on our hearts, and says, come on, get out of that prison cell. Yo, some of you have been locked up in a prison cell that Jesus never put you in. You put yourself there, and now he's trying to redeem you. He's trying to get you out of it, and he's tapping you on the heart this morning saying, come on, get out of that thing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a place you've been calling home for a little while. No matter what it is, maybe he's calling you this morning to get This is good news this morning. And so, so, so Peter walks out. He's set free. And he goes back to the house that he, he has a revelation, like, maybe I should go back to where all the believers are. Maybe I should go back to where the people were praying. Like, like some way, somehow, it says Peter had a vision. He realized, oh, I got to go back. I got to, I got to go, I got to go show these people what, what just happened. I got to build some faith in the room this morning. I got to go back to that house. And so Peter shows up, and he knocks on the door. And it's so profoundly impactful to me, right? These people were a desperate group of people. They, they were desperate to see a move of God. Hello, a move, what we've been talking about, they were desperate. They wanted to see God move. I don't know about you, but I am desperate to see God move in this city. I am desperate to see God move in these streets. I am desperate to see God move in Chicago, across the Midwest, across this nation, across this globe. I am desperate for him to move. And, and they're praying and they're believing and they're crying out and they're not stopped for a miracle. And they're all in the same room together, praying the same thing. But there is a separation that happens in this room. There's a separation that to me was like, whoa. What do you mean? Whoa. You could be in the same room praying, believing, asking for the same things. But you could have a faith level at two different places. I was like, oh, Lord. He was working on my heart. It's like, JP, how many times have you walked into a church service and you've been in this category when I wanted you to be in this side? Oh, Lord. Forgive me. Like, when did you, when did you walk in and... You were praying and you were believing, but you really weren't believing. See, there's a separation here that I see, two groups of people that I believe, I pray today, that we fall in line with this first one that I'm going to talk about. And it's a super deep point. You ready for my first point? We're here. You guys good this morning? 
just encouraging us this morning. See, there's two groups of people. Which one are you going to fall in line with? The first is this. Are you going to fall in line with the believer? Deep this morning. That's good teaching right there. Thought long and hard about that one. But the reality is, is are you going to fall in line with the believer? Are you going to be a believer? Now, now listen, let me, let, me, let me say something here for just a moment of like word choice. I, I, yes, maybe you're in the room this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Maybe the question for you is, are you going to become a believer of Jesus Christ? The one that died for your sins, that raised to life three days later, that gave his life as a ransom for the many, that, that sacrificed his love for you. So no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, your sins can be forgiven. You can have an eternal promise. You can have an eternal hope. So maybe, maybe just today, you're going to surrender your life. You're going to stop trying to do your own thing. You're going to stop trying to run your own show. You're going to surrender your life to Jesus Christ because of the radical love of Jesus Christ that he's going to show you this morning. So maybe you're going to get in that category of becoming a believer of Jesus Christ. But maybe you're here and you've, you've followed Jesus You've accepted him, you know his word, and you, you study, you show up to church, but there's some areas in your life where you're not really believing him to do what he's promised. I see this story, and it says in verse 13, Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed, overjoyed. So she ran back without opening it. <laughs> Imagine Peter's face, like knocking on the door, just got out of prison, got to tell this story. And now she comes and she says, yo, who is it? He's like, it's Pete. She's like, oh my gosh, I got to go tell everybody. He's like, yo, I'm here. Like, That's a moment. She runs back and she tells everybody, exclaiming, Peter is at the door. Peter's at the door. Have you ever asked for something and you got it and you're shocked that you got it? Six of us. I'm always shocked when I ask Rachel for gifts. <laughs> and I get them. But I am, full transparency, intimate, like I am, I am shocked when I ask God for something. And he does it. Come on. Like I'm like, whoa, is this you? Is this really you? And he's like, JP, you were asking for this. Yeah, but is this really you? You know, like anybody else in this room this morning like that? Yeah, no, I'm saying, come on, let's be in this boat together. Like, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by it. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, you actually, you actually answered what I was asking for. I remember when we started this church, Rach and I and, and our amazing team of people that we moved up here, but we started praying years before we started, years before we started. And I remember praying simple prayers, little prayers, because I wasn't, like, at the point where I was asking God for a space like this. I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I was just like, God, bring people in with a pulse. If they got a pulse, just bring them to us. <laughs> These are church planning 101. These are the prayers you pray. Like, like just, just some way, somehow, help us to not have to pay the rent this month. Like, some way, somehow, just bring a little bit of money around us, some way, somehow. And I would pray these prayers, and I would seek God's face, and I would get on my knees, and I would ask for him, and I would keep asking, and our team would ask, and we would gather in faith together, and he would answer. Come on. He would answer. And then I'd be like, whoa, God, where, why, why you, why'd you do that? He's like, what is wrong with you? This is how God talks to me. He's like, boy, what is wrong with you? Like, what do you mean what's wrong with me? He's like, you were asking me, and I gave it to you. You want to need to know why? Like, you've been asking. Hello? Like, like, like God's word says, yo, if you ask in my name, if you ask in my name, no, 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 go, don't do, all the college students are like, yes, I have a reason to ask the Lord for $10,000, and he's just going to, woo, maybe, maybe, you need your loans paid, you need your bill paid, ask him. 
Where's the faith level this morning? Because some of you college students need to really say amen to that. <laughs> but I'm not sitting there saying, like, you, you can go out there and be like, God, give me this amazing car. Because if I have this car, I ain't going to be single anymore. I'm going to roll up to the club, and I'm going to have this car, and it's going to be good. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with I don't think God's going to maybe answer that one. Right, Doug? Like, I, but why are we shocked by how God moves and how big he is? Why, why are we, better yet, why are we putting blocks up in front of us with our God? Like, I don't, I don't think I can ask God for this. I've been praying for my, my mom and my dad to come back home to follow, the, to follow you, Jesus, but you haven't answered. It's been six months, and so I'm going to put a wall up. I'm done asking. Why? Do you believe him or not? Do you believe him to do the impossible, or do you believe him to, to just be the God of the whatever? I believe the God to be the God of the possible. So maybe you put some walls up. Maybe you put some blocks up. Like maybe your belief has become disbelief and you're no longer a believer. You're just, you're just floating along in this faith and you're like, oh, I see God do a miracle here and I see God do something here, but like he's not really consistent. I need a consistent God. Can I just tell you something this morning? Because this is not in my notes. Our God is consistent. Our God is steadfast. Our God is not going to be shaken. He's not, gonna, he's not worried about your timetable. He's not worried about JP's timetable. He's not worried about fulfilling my timetable. What he's worried about is fulfilling his purpose and calling in my life. And so if it needs to stretch out a little bit more, then I'm going to believe him even as I'm getting stretched. Come on. I'm going to believe him as it takes a little longer. Some of you in the back need to wake up this morning because here's the reality. Our God is good. Our God is faithful. Our God is true to his word. Our God never fails. Our God never lets us down. Our God sees us through to the end. No matter what you're seeing in front of you, he is going to see you through it. Do you believe this or not? If you believe it, just give him five seconds of praise in this place. She's overjoyed. She's excited. The prayers that she prayed are answered. It's standing right in front of her. So how do you stay in the belief? Jordan, can you come up here? He didn't know I was going to do this. Come here. He didn't hear me. Where are you going? Where are you going? Okay, come here, man. He's like, oh, this message, I'm out. Like, <laughs> You're going to get your guitar, weren't you? Can you stand right there? Turn this way. How do you stay in the belief, right? The reality of staying in the belief of Jesus Christ is this. You go back to him. You keep going back to his word. You keep going back to what he said. You keep going back to what he's promised you. You keep going back. The moment you stop going back is doubt. And he's not afraid of your doubt, but you can't park there. See, the way you stay in belief, and this has just came to me, so this is, this is, so I hope it comes across, is the longer that I've known Jordan, like I've known him for many years now, him and Andrew, some of my best friends. I trust these men with my life, right? The reason why is is because I keep going back and I can go back and I can be like, yo, remind me that you're a friend of me. Remind me that you're good to me. Remind me that you're for me. Remind me that you're with me. Remind me that you're standing with me. And I can keep going back. Now, I know this is an earthly thing, but think of this as God our Father, right? So my belief doesn't falter when I keep going back and I keep saying, yo, remind me of what you've said to me. Remind me of what you're going to do for me. I'm going to keep showing up and praying. I'm going to keep showing up and sowing your word. I'm going to keep showing up to the house of God and serving. I'm going to keep showing up and being faithful where you call me to be faithful. Just remind me. And the more that I keep going back to him, I can know that if I'm here and belief, disbelief starts to creep in, I can say, yo, you got me, God? You got me? Like, you got me? Like, 
Like, he's got me. Yo, God, like, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk a little bit more. I'm going to walk a little bit more, and then you got me? Like, you got me. Like, you got me, God. You sure? I know you got me. I got the belief that you got me. You got me, God? Like, you got me. Like, I know, I know it looks dark. I know it looks scary. I don't know what's going to happen, but you got me. Come on, guys. This is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. You keep going back. Don't stop going back. They earnestly prayed. They didn't stop praying. They believed. Sometimes, can I just say this? I'm almost done. The band can come up. You got to just speak to the disbelief in your heart. You got to, let me say that because some of you all missed that. You got to speak to the disbelief in your heart. Your words have power. You know, what you say every day about yourself, about the people around you, about your circumstances, you will believe. Your words have power. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So what are you speaking to? What are you speaking against? When things start to creep in and say, this church will never amount to what God's promised you, I say, yo, Satan, shut your mouth. You can talk that way to the devil? Oh, I talk to the devil way worse than that. Yeah. That's just the G-rated version. I only go PG. That's about it. Some of you are like, what's R? And then Speak to the doubt. Speak to the disbelief. Rhoda was filled with faith. She was like, he's here. I'm going back to tell them. Yeah, she probably should open up the door, but it makes the story so much better. She's like, oh my gosh, he's here. Like, I'm going to go tell everybody. Because when you live in belief, you want to tell everybody. Come on, church. When you live in belief, you have excitement. You have joy. You have peace. You have expectation. You have vision. Come on. When you live in belief, you don't expect God to just maybe do it. You expect God to do it. Come on, the church needs to wake up and say, I expect my God to do this. I believe my God to do this. I know my God is so big that he is for me, not against me, that he that began a good work in me is going to carry it to completion. This is the God I serve. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's chaotic. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but he's still good. So who are you, that person, the believer? Or the second thing, are you the disbeliever? Are you the disbeliever, the non-believer? Well, I believe in Jesus, JP. Yeah, 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 I know. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I believe in his word. Yeah, so do the demons. Read the Bible. That's not JP saying it. Yeah, but, but I show up to church. Yeah, I know. That's good. That's all good. That's all good stuff. But do you actually believe it? Or have you fallen in line in some places in your heart with non-belief? See, what's crazy about this story is this. They were all in the same room together. These people, the church, they were all in the same room together, praying the same thing together, asking God for the same thing. They were of one spirit, of one mind, interceding, believing, asking God for something supernatural to happen. It wasn't like they were in another room and Rhoda was in a room. But We don't get that. We get that they were all in one room in one accord and praying. You with me this morning? And then the miracle happens. And this girl runs into the room and says, Peter's here. And they're like, no way. You out your mind. You crazy. Yo, stop, chill out. You get that, you start believing that much. Like you start thinking God's that big. We're, we're going to have some crazy stuff happening over here. Like, yo, chill. He's not here. He's locked up. He's got guards all around him. He's got a gate around him. He's got, he's got shackles on his feet, prison chains on his arm. Like, don't chill, girl. Like, relax. Like, it's not who our God is. She's like, no, guys, he's here. And they're like, well, it must be his angel. 
it must be the spirit of Peter. And she's like, no, I'm sure that guy's knocking on the door. He's got flesh and bone on him. Like, he's here. And I see this separation right there. Rhoda, believer. The rest of them, non-believers. Is this a hard message? Yeah. Because, like, how many times do I fall in that category? I'm not saying your faith is, is, is out of, I'm just saying, like, what places in your heart have you allowed for non-belief, for disbelief to settle? To settle. You guys know the story of my, my, my cousin's baby boy, and I'm closing with this. You know, Odin, he's a couple years old, and he's got lung cancer, and we've been praying and praying and praying and praying and believing and believing and believing and, and trusting and trusting and trusting. We're in, we're in one room together, praying and asking the same things, fasting and, and praying and asking God to move. And we get the report that, hey, his cancer's back, and the doctors are done. They said he's done. They're done. They're like, this kid's two years old. Let's, let's, let's let him live. Let's let him go have a full life. The doctors get all this money together. The doctors, and they, they say to them, hey, this just happened two weeks. They're like, we're going to send him to Disneyland. How amazing is that? We're going to send him to Disneyland. We're going to go let him have fun. We're going to go let him enjoy the last few days of his life. And as a family, just enjoy this time. Don't remember all the hospital tubes. Don't remember all the reports. Just remember fun. And so they went. I remember my sister called me. And she's a fiery woman. Y'all think I'm crazy. She's times 10. And she's like this tall. And she's pregnant. So it does, it just, it, it's a good combination. <laughs> she's like, JP. I was like, yes, what's up? Like, how are you? She's like, I'm not going to believe for this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, chill. Take 10 steps back. She's like, we're going to pray still. We're going to believe still. Yeah. I'm going to get people on a prayer and fast for three weeks, and we're going to fast, and we're going to pray for baby Odin because we're going to see his life go to the fullest. And I was like, yo, yo, no, 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 yeah, clap, because she's like super faith-filled. And I literally said to her this, Lord, forgive me. I was like, relax, like, maybe he needs to go home. What? What? That was my, that was like, so obviously it was here. You know what I'm saying? This is disbelief. And the Holy Spirit convicted the mess out of me. He said, Jay, are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> and I said, oh, my goodness. No, no, Lex, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. Yo, we are going to pray. And faith started to rise up. We're going to fast. Faith rise up. I'm going to sing through the storm. Faith rise up. God is the God of the, uh, the, of the goodness. God is the God of mercy. God is the God of strength. God is the healing God. God is the, and I started to proclaim this on the phone, and we started to believe. I walked in here the next day for a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and I said, guess what, guys? I'm believing God to do a miracle. I'm trusting God to do a miracle. There was disbelief in my heart. There is belief deep down in my soul. Maybe today you're in this place and you've been living with the disbelief. You've been not trusting him for great things. You've allowed the word of the, the enemy to settle in your spirit. Today, the spirit of God wants to rip that out. He wants to take it out. He wants to fill us with faith with Rhoda to be like, yo, our prayers have been answered. Our God is so good that he's never let us down. He has never failed us. He is faithful to the end. He is our conqueror. He is our strength. He is the almighty God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. Come on, church. Let's sing this out this morning. Come on, let's worship him.